time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on Uriah Heath. Speaking of uh, so, British bands? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> no. well, that's the thing. You know, Uriah Heep is in the pantheon of 70s British rock bands. Uh, and they were, by all means, if you look at the numbers, they're a very successful band. My biggest question, you you, you were very adamant about this, this, this band, so I want to hear why you think we're talking about Uriah Heep. I, I was adamant about Uriah Heep. Yeah, you were very enthusiastic. <laughs> You're enthusiastic. I think my enthusiasm stems from the a time, a time uh, in 1999, 98, somewhere in there where um, I was uh, in the... Where was I? Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and driving around, and I saw some guy laid out records on the street to sell, and it looked like a real hit and run job, you know, like he just <laughs> quickly did it. Whether those records were his or not, I don't know, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, from the covers that I could see from my uh, Chevy Geo, my pink color, well, champagne colored Chevy Geo there car, what I go. could see, so. So this guy had the records out on a blanket, and they had that heavy metal, hard rock look to them. And it, and when I went and when I got out of my car to go look at them, they were it, like, there was lots of good stuff there that I bought from him, but there were five Uriah Heap records in that in in that stack, and I bought them all. And I knew who Uriah Heap was. I heard right. Easy Living on the radio on on classic rock radio. I knew who they were. I just didn't know their depth, their depth of material and the sort of like really fucking nasty shit that they had early on. I still think Salisbury, is that the name of the album? Yeah, second, their second album, yeah. Salisbury, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre, so I, I still think that record, it, like, and I found a copy of that recently. Um, I think that record's amazing. So like, yeah. I didn't, like for me, like this early material that I found all in one shot on this guy's blanket and it just really, like I, like I said, it's just like my esteem for them was, it just w shot up and I started to take them serious. I mean, this was like right around the time where I was also buying stuff like Captain Beyond or Lord right, Baltimore, right, right. all that sort of uh, Yesterday's Children, all this sort of like obscuro, proto metal, you know, kind of stuff. And I had, con I'm not saying I had dismissed your eye heap as like, because they had the hit. I didn't, I didn't dismiss him. I just... I, I realized that when I got those five records that they should be taking as seriously as some of the shit that I was seeking out that was more, you know, obscure. And that was my, that's my thing with them. That's where it started. Yeah, they, um, I mean, mine's kind of similar. Like I heard, you know, you're easy living and uh, I think a little bit of stealing I would hear occasionally. Um, and I, you know, it was like most things I had, I got a Uriah Heap album and, uh, I believe it was cause I like, and it could have been, I picked it up cause I thought it was a kiss, uh, a yes album. I think it was demons and wizards 
and I, for whatever reason, I, I was like, oh, cool. I don't, I don't know this Yes cover. And I, you know, probably garage, I think it was at a garage sale. I don't know. My, I, I would always go to garage sales with my, my grandmother. And even if we were in a hurry somewhere, if she saw a garage sale, she would stop and was like, okay, just, just let's look really quickly. And I saw that and picked it up. But um, like I was, you know, I always thought that they had a, they were really like, a very interesting and very I mean I you could tell that they had a lot of different styles that they could play around with um, and they did the hard rocking things they did the ballad ballads they did the, like prog rocky songs um, and they could you know they could jam it out like Mick Box and is a, is a really solid he's, he's what I call more of a riff meister than a solo like mm -hmm. the guy who can really burn the leads he's just can really lay down great, like great guitar tracks, and just really make it punch. That can really punch up a song, and he's got really inventive riffs that he likes to put, that he puts out there. Um, and John Byron's just got such a great voice. I mean, that's like the voice you want in front. Uh, you know, I know it's so it's so operatic, and it's like, it's like when he starts off his song on the on that high register, you're just kind of like, God damn, like it it. it it's kind of almost like borderline hokey a little bit, but it's like you just you're just like what what a yeah, great like, singer, and it just really like on bird of, like on bird of, what's that song bird of, bird of prey uh, 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 uh. yeah yeah right at the pits. <laughs> yeah it's like someone starting with a drum solo it's like fuck it like I don't give a sh I don't give a fuck I'm doing this yeah I, and I love and I love that about I love that about bands like Right Heap and 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 UFO who hopefully will do in the future uh foreshadowing um, foreshadowing so the thing is is about interesting about them is like oh and going through all the stuff that they they've been i mean an extremely active band and a band that has been fraught with lineup changes it seems like that has been their kind of thing like they stick with a bass player for a couple albums and someone else comes in and then someone comes out them and I think that their sensibilities there's you know I would say that one of the knocks on them is like just not really a Uriah Heap sound I mean because I feel like they're they're you could they're definitely in the mold of British you know 70s rock but they try to be a little deep purple they try to be a little Led Zeppelin they try to be a little Sabbath but they're you know I never I never I, I don't think they they stuck they're not very clingy like you don't listen to them it's like oh i gotta listen to this album again their songs stick in your head like i will i was humming a lot of these songs that we were playing off the playlist for for a few for a few days but yeah there's something about them that just uh is not it's it's like they're a fourth gear band they don't i don't think they have the fifth gear and i think it's <clears throat> and you know this i i came I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of what we're kind of talking about, but there's something about them that, that I think they're a very, you know, AOR type band. And I don't, I think it was fairly latent in the beginning, but it slowly came out, of, came out more and more that they just became more of a band that was playing toward the masses a little bit and trying to construct songs that were at the moment very popular. They did it. You know, they they did. They had the '70s sound, which played right into the Zeppelin, Sabbath, and Deep Purple. 
Hawk, a little bit of Hawk went in there too. And then they kind of went into a little bit more heavier stuff, a little bit more prog rocky stuff like Emerson, Lake and Palmer and, and Yes. And then like they started going into sort of like um, after John Byron left, just all kinds of like middle of the road rock that was, you know, I, I just, it's not that I think it's a bad thing. It's just that I think that their style never, that was always a step behind the Zeppelins, the Sabbaths, and the Deep Purples. It's just not that kind of music that it, it, it's, that transcends the genre. Um, you know, like even their slow songs, like their, that song July Morning, which is a great song. It's no stairway. It's no Planet Caravan. It's no child, sweet, you know, child of time. It's, it's, it's a very good song, but it doesn't, it never, none of their songs lift themselves to this thing that's kind of both so un what you, um, unusual and brilliant. So what you're saying is they weren't trailblazers. I think, no, I don't call, I would never call them trailblazers. I thought, think they're a fascinating, fun, fun band. And I think that that's what they thought. I don't, there's nothing about their music that suggests that they I think that they were trying to break out of a mold of anything I think that they were trying to break into things more than break out of things Yeah, I mean, once you get past those first five albums, very easy. Uh, Salisbury, look at yourself. By the way, look at yourself. I listened to it in its entirety yesterday. I love that fucking record. Yeah, um, that's, that's also the album. weird, also the weird mirrored uh, foil on the front. That's a, that's essentially a mirror. So when you look into the album cover, you have your reflection. I thought that was very cool that they did that. Uh, and then Demons and R Wizards, which might be my favorite album overall, and then Magician's Birthday after. Um, like, after those five records, the material gets really inconsistent. <laughs> it wasn't too hard for me to make the, the, um, the playlist for them because I did add a lot of their early bands in yeah. the playlist go uh, Gods, which I really love. I love that stuff, even though, I don't know, I get the impression that you think it might be a little bit boring. Well, gods, the gods, uh, like it's the gods, like that. That was only where the bass player played in the gods, right? I believe so. Yeah. And then everyone but else was from reason, from Spice, right? Spice. From Spice. I think. I think for some reason the way Gods was sold to me over the years, because like it was such an obscure thing that only got reissued in the in recent years. It just seemed like it was really, it was really the beginnings of your eye heap, 
And maybe it was just that guy's first, well, <laughs> the bass player's I first band. I, li- I like the gods. I just, you know, and I there's something about that that's kind of di- it dictates like everything else about them. It wasn't like that, what the gods played, like they, those were good songs, but they weren't nothing mm-hmm. that was outside of what was going on at the time. I, th- I think, I think um, Uriah Heap is like a comfort food, but not like the best comfort food. <laughs> food it's like a comfort food that you have to add uh, uh, they're like a mozzarella hot, hot they're sauce. mozzarella stick yeah like a mozzarella stick you got to <laughs> add some sauce to it otherwise it's kind of like eh, okay yeah um so so that's my impre- my impression of them you know it's <laughs> like mac, it's like a kind of middle of the road mac and cheese that you throw in hot sauce on you just you let you like it it feels good it's checking off you know four <laughs> or five boxes but it's it's just but but the thing is I, I think in my mind in the late 90s when I the TP was full throttle towards Stoner Rock and I was discovering all like I was, you know, revi- revisiting Sabbath and Zeppelin and and D- and really getting into Deep Purple and Thin Lizzy really fucking firming up on those ba- on those two bands, especially I started to grab onto other things, Uriah Heap being one of them and. And maybe I blew them up in my mind a bit back then. Um, uh, who the fuck knows why? But it's still it's still good. It's still like really, well, really good. Those five, first five albums are, are are really good. Are really good. Really yeah. good. Fun albums to go to. Then it kind of goes to some place that you were hoping it would never go. Um, <laughs> it just gets really inconsistent and weird. Dude. Like I tried listening to. Uh, the album Innocent Victim oh. yesterday, and I'm just kind of like, and I, I think they made it in '77, and I'm just kind of like, all right, there's a song here. Let me throw this on the playlist. But it's like, it's it's kind of <laughs> like, it's just well, the worst. Not, was, it's not the, enough. The worst for me to go through was Conquest because I got that one singer. Oh, gee, you made it all the way to that. Yeah, because I was curious. Holy I'm like, could it? Because I was. There's a part of me like, could, like. Because they kind of like, it was like watching a, a car wreck of a car that wasn't stopping. I'm like, okay, maybe they'll pull off to the side of the road here and regroup. And, <laughs> and you know, they kind of did with the one after that, Obamanog, Obamanog or something Obama, like that. Is that the one with the weird creature on the cover? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little, it's not that bad. But like you could, no. s- but you could see the trend toward that because they had like John Wetton in Return to Fantasy, and I'm listening to that album and John- and the singing on that, which basically was like John Byron just checking out, and it's mm-hmm. like, was the worst of Asia better than this? And I'm like, I don't how how could John? <laughs> Wetton- oh man! I go how you could th- you th- throw you're throwing Asia in there on this shit? Oh well, lord! But you could listen to songs. <laughs> But if you listen to some of the songs, you're like, is John Wetton really signed on for this? And maybe, I know, and maybe I that know. maybe Return to Fantasy and Uriah Heap was the gateway drug to Asia. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, he's like, oh, this shit is so fucked up. I gotta do, I gotta make, I gotta, I gotta do Asia. I got a sweet Asia's tooth. Asia's gotta now. happen. I got a sweet tooth. I got a rock sweet tooth now. Oh <laughs> Jesus, Asia. I remember hearing Asia for the first time on like Top 40 Radio. I, oh, it might have been uh, what's his name's show. Um, the guy that passed away a few years ago, uh, JJ Casey. Oh. No, Casey, Casey Kasem. 
Casey Kasem's like, hey, America was a rundown of the I got introduced to Asia by, by the by the video, <laughs> but we're go we're going off on a John Wetton. <laughs> okay, let's let's get off Asia quick. Off the Asia um, floor. Eject, eject. Let's get let's get eject. eject, eject. Get back okay, for, let's just get back into the uh Uriah so, Heap so the garage. Ra- the Raya Heap, you know, the thing is is like Mick Box has been the member that has like they even did an album last year. And I put, I think I put a song on that, on the playlist because it's interesting. It's not bad. It's not bad than some of the stuff on Conquest, um, but it's like the guy, like even through all of this, like they could write a good song musically in terms of at least for the stuff that I kind of like, which is the riffs. Like Mick Box could always pull a riff out of his back pocket. He's like, oh, that was a killer riff, or that's a that's a killer little breakdown they did there too. Um, and I think at their full powers, like I, the thing that I don't have to judge them by, like I don't, I I have not listened to any live Uriah Heap, especially when they were in their heyday, because I'm sure that they were a really good, not a good, but a really good live band, um, because they have great vocals, great arrangements, got everyone's locked in, they got good, solid musicians, um, but you know. Uh, I don't know how much you can penalize them for just keeping active doing what they love, even though I think they were trying to chase too too much toward the middle and getting get it to get on the radio. But I mean, I'm looking, I'm I'm pulled up their discography and like, yeah, dude, they they put an album out every two years. I think the biggest break has been uh, between 2014 and 2018. It's like four years. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at it now. I mean, they. Pretty... One of them probably. One of them probably had like a pacemaker put in or something. Yeah, that's what yeah, the, the yeah. wheelchair accident. He, yeah, he yeah the, it's a wheelchair accident. Got, waiting for the special part to be shipped. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's like you know, my I got high admiration for anyone who could play the game from '69 uh, or when did they started '67. '60, yeah, uh, and, they started and, in like. Yeah, and yeah, like '67 they started, and yeah. they and they can still. I mean, who else has done that? Judas Priest, Scorpions, um, you know, that have kept at least a core member together. I mean, there's mm-hmm. not there's very few, very few bands. Um, and like I said, the first five albums are, uh, you know, I'll put that those songs in rotation anytime against some of the rock, some of the classic rock albums. They're just great songs they're interesting they're fun to listen to you know part of me is like should we go back and re and you know edit the playlist and take out some of that gunk we put put in there just to put it in there and i mean yeah sure i don't have a problem with the that stuff coming out i i i tried to keep it when i did the playlist i tried to keep it within those first five albums plus yeah you did. Oh, act, maybe six maybe yeah. six i put on songs from sweet freedom and then and maybe some live stuff and then i and then i grabbed a song or two from some of the like the seventh eighth ninth album but i i I didn't do too much of it because i knew that even while i was doing it i was like this isn't like the best shit and now i'm just now i'm on the 48th song of the playlist and i'm like what the fuck am i doing here you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it's like it's fine I, i don't 
so a, I don't have a problem. So hopefully, and, by, and, so hopefully, and, by and, the and, <laughs> and by the way, audience of two here, you're watching our 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 creative process right in front of you. Well, you here, know, here you go. Yeah, one of yeah. the things I wanted to ask the three listeners that uh, tune into Auto Reverse is, <laughs> is 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 what is what what constitutes too long of a playlist? Because if you, I would because I was actually going to post that on social media because I'm curious if anything over two hours is just like too like daunting. Cause like we we're doing it for we we had a couple four hours and I think one five hour one and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm two like, hours. Yeah, I, like I, I I don't I I haven't I don't think I've done anything under three hours and right you know thirty but minutes. It, there's no fun having a two person circle jerk. So I, I would be curious if yeah I'd be curious if people you know and write into us or put it on social media or send an email to autoreversepod at uh, gmail com and tell us like. Now, dude, two and a half hours, two, two and a half hours, or let us know what you think. Because, really, if you if we can tighten up our game and make and just make some hard decisions and keep it to under three hours or two hours or whatever people feel like makes a worthwhile listening to, because it's a it's tough. It's tough putting it together, but I think that that's an exercise that would, you know, for you and I is kind of fun. Just like, okay, let's battle royal these six songs right here and see which one gets to live. Yeah, if people want to chime in on this, I'm down with it. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm down with it. I mean, how many times can I listen to Ken Hensley? This roll the keys, uh, probably a lot. Yeah. But maybe there's people out there that don't <laughs> want to hear it that much. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. But I, I do. I love your I heap. I love the way I encountered, like, sort of encountered them in a, in a, in a really like strong way by buying those records off that guy. And, um, you're right. They've like, when we're, when you make a mixtape of all like the best, like hard rock, heavy prog stuff, your eye heap fits in there nicely. And you have like 20 songs 30, to to choose from to really, to, and, that, and that, that, I don't know, that's the making of a great auto reverse band in my book. So what do you, so, you know, I kind of talk, where do you put them? How do you put them or rate them compared to the other big 70s british rock band they're like they're like a b band or like a a my like an a minus band they're in like in there they're like in between a and b you know they're really they're they're not so on so they're not i don't think they have the power and the this this sort of like it's not that the power is the wrong word <laughs> i i don't think they latch on as hard as Sabbath and Deep Purple, but they latch on better than your more obscure stuff like we talked about before. Um, you know, so they're somewhere in between. That, that, that's how I see them. They're a tweener. They're a tweener. They're definitely a not. Twe they're a tweener. They're yeah. a tweener. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, like I said, yeah. I'm not, I, I, will, I will keep listening to your right. He probably take about a couple week break but they're they're very, they're they got a, they, they give you a lot it's not the most it's not the most satisfying meal but it you, you walk away with a smile on your face and a lot of times that's all that's the most important thing so it's it's comforting you know that and, yeah. and I, maybe that's why maybe that's why I, yeah yeah maybe that's why i picked it i was just like let's do this one it feels good and yeah 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 
All right. All right. So, you know, give us your comments. Send it to us either at uh, autoreversepod uh, at gmail.com. Let us know if there's any bands you want us to check out. But until next time, uh, we will see you. Peace. Peace.